You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. No word yet on how ISIS terrorists coordinated this morning's bombings in Brussels. Anonymous intervenes again in U.S. presidential campaigns, this time against Senator Cruz. Apple issues multiple patches. The Department of Justice has told the magistrate, thanks very much, but we don't need Apple's help to crack the San Bernardino jihadist iPhone. And we talk about the Apple FBI case with Johns Hopkins University's Joe Kerrigan. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, March 22nd, 2016. Three bombs hit targets in Brussels, Belgium this morning, one in a metro station, the other two in the airport. One of the airport bombings was a suicide attack. At least 34 victims were killed and an additional 170 people are reported wounded. Many ISIS-linked accounts on social media have praised the massacres, and thus they seem to serve as an inspiration for jihad. What will be coming is worse, says one tweet widely circulated among jihadist adherents. So far, there have been no credible claims of direct responsibility. The attacks appear to have been coordinated, but how coordination and control were achieved remains unknown. The metro station attacked is near a core European Union facility. The bombs at the airport were detonated near airline ticket counters and a coffee shop. As the investigation proceeds, security services will be looking closely at ISIS-sympathizing chatter and for signs of coordination by phone and Internet. That said, it's worth recalling the many low-tech, even no-tech means of coordination available to terrorists. Returning to the U.S., there have been developments in the case of the jihadist massacre in San Bernardino. The Department of Justice yesterday asked the federal magistrate presiding over its All Writs Act demand that Apple help unlock the iPhone used by one of the shooters to cancel today's hearing. The FBI says it believes it now has a way of accessing the phone that won't require Apple's production of what the company has been calling government OS. The government said, quote, On Sunday, March 20th, 2016, an outside party demonstrated to the FBI a possible method for unlocking Farouk's iPhone. Testing is required to determine whether it is a viable method that will not compromise data on Farouk's iPhone, end quote. How the FBI may think it can get into the iPhone has not been revealed, nor has the identity of that outside third party. U.S. Magistrate Sherry Pym agreed to cancel the hearing and temporarily rescinded the earlier order to Apple that required it to render assistance. She's told the Justice Department to get back to her by April 5th. 
Public, especially industry reaction to the case, has continued to run largely in Apple's favor. We spoke with the Johns Hopkins University's Joe Kerrigan about the issues in the case. We'll hear from him after the break. Senators Burr and Feinstein, respectively chair and ranking member of the Senate Intelligence Committee, have circulated a draft of legislation that would address encrypted systems when they become of interest in law enforcement investigations. Their proposed bill would give federal judges power to compel companies to help law enforcement officials gain access to encrypted data, but without specifying how that might be done. Penalties for noncompliance are left up to the judges issuing the order to render assistance. Observers conclude that, for all its failure to gain traction with the public, and especially with industry, the Justice Department's contention that terrorists and criminals will soon be able to evade detection by going dark is finding an increasingly sympathetic audience in Congress. Ongoing concerns about jihadist threats are also lending urgency to counter-messaging information operations and official programs designed to preempt radicalization. The FBI's Don't Be a Puppet video and curriculum campaign is directed at teenagers, high schoolers and middle schoolers, and is foreseeably drawing civil libertarians' ire. The State Department is in the process of standing up its Global Engagement Center. The center's intention is to shift focus on countering violent extremist messaging away from direct messaging and toward a growing emphasis on empowering and enabling partners, both government and non-government across the globe, quote, for nominally more collaborative and thus presumably more credible messaging, end quote. Apple has issued a number of patches and upgrades to the security of its products. One of them closes a flaw in iOS messaging encryption. This is not apparently the flaw the FBI thinks it can exploit to gain access to the San Bernardino iPhone. Anonymous turns from presidential candidate Trump to presidential candidate Cruz, telling the Texas senator to get out of the race or else. What else is the threatened release by the hacktivist collective of what the man in the Guy Fox mask says is evidence of shameful conduct? Ransomware remains a growing problem, but Recorded Future offers some qualified good news. Applying one Microsoft Silverlight and three Adobe Flash Player patches can substantially blunt many users' vulnerability to drive-by ransomware infections. In industry news, Goldman Sachs initiates coverage of a number of cyber stocks with a moderately bullish take on the sector. More money managers are taking out cyber insurance policies to transfer risk, but Fitch Ratings warns insurance companies that they should think hard about loading up on cyber risk. They've probably already got some exposure to that risk in other policies, and there's still too much uncertainty surrounding cyber risk underwriting, however attractive the premiums may be. Finally, we note with respect the passing of a Silicon Valley giant. Longtime Intel leader Andy Grove died yesterday at the age of 79. Our condolences to his family, friends, and colleagues, and our thanks for his contributions to our industry and society. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. 
So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joe Kerrigan joins me again. He's from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute, one of our academic and research partners. Joe, there's continuing intrigue with the Apple versus FBI case. Today, the FBI saying they don't think they need Apple's help in unlocking the phone. I'm curious, what's your take on the case overall? I am conflicted. I I don't know how I feel about it. I haven't reached a a definitive conclusion about it yet. On one hand, I I absolutely agree with Apple that that there's, there's a real chance that they that the FBI is looking for a way to to break the encryption system, uh, and there was an article in the Guardian I think last week that even where the director of the FBI even admitted as much that this would set a legal precedent. I'm not sure how happy I am with with the FBI trying to compel Apple to develop software that breaks this for them. I don't think that's that's a good precedent to set. Uh, but at the same point in time, uh, I I kind of think I want to know. Uh, and the vast majority of, well, not the vast majority, but a majority of Americans, I think, want to know if, if these people who committed this act were associated with anybody else that might be like-minded enough to commit another act of this nature. And and to be clear, I mean Apple has been has been cooperative with law enforcement in the past when they've been presented with warrants, they've turned over the information that they've been able to turn over. Correct. Yeah, as as have most of the ISPs and and phone companies, they turn over what they can turn over. That's right. Uh but the difference here is that Apple is being asked to actively defeat encryption that they've included on the on the devices. Encryption, which is completely legal. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And protects anybody that has an Apple phone. So my real concern is if the FBI were able to break the, or the U.S. government, whatever, any, any organization or any foreign government, any, any government entity or even any non-government entity that might have sufficient enough resources, if the encryption could be broken, what does that do to the rest of the uh, universe of iPhone users? How does that impact them? And my guess is that it impacts them very adversely. Police can serve warrants. They can they can search your home. They can search your your possessions. And Absolutely. So is at, at the core of the question, I think, is 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 it okay for encryption to empower us to have things that cannot be unlocked? Well, that's that's an ethical question or a moral question. Um, I like to think that it does. <laughs> You know, I, I like the idea of being secure in my in my papers, as the, as the Fourth Amendment says, right? It's uh, secure in my property and papers. Joe Kerrigan, thanks again for joining us.
Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.